everyone, and welcome to Q&A session 43. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined with... Dave. <laughs> That's a real boring Dave. Didn't take me long to lose hosting duties. And I'm just back to being a guest. <laughs> I was going to say, how does it feel being on the other side of the mic? Uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. I, I, feel like, I feel like we're going to share hosting duties a little bit today. We definitely are. Yeah. I've just I've just got my um, my first uh, responsibility out of the way was was the introduction. Now it's all over to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, I it's a little bit sad. This is the uh, well, it's not sad actually. For the for the, some of the listeners that won't be joining our Patreon, it might be sad. But this mm. is the last Q and A that is going out onto the main FTK podcast um, because you guys will be hearing this after. Our last main show came out and if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. But um, Brett and myself went uh, deep in explaining about the, the future of Grattan House and why we are transitioning to the Patreon subscription model. Um, but hopefully a whole bunch of you are going to be supporting us um, financially to keep putting out as much good content as possible and that includes having, you know, amazing hosts like Dave on, um, you know, we got to have Izzy Bat Doyle on. It's just a bunch of exciting stuff we have planned, which you would have heard about in the uh, last main show. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've been maybe privy to a few other things that are coming as well. So I can 100% say that this is... This seems like a pretty good investment for, for listeners as well. Yeah, uh, Brett and yeah. I were thinking about it, and it's like seventeen dollars Aussie a month. It's like God, fucking hell! Like you're drinking a cup of a cup of tea well, right now. Yeah, what was that? I, I said to I said to you that this morning that I thought you'd undersold it. Yeah, you did say <laughs> you go just put it more, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's still it's still money for people. But um, yeah, hopefully, I'm I'm sure you know we've been putting out so much content now. Um, we're coming up to like 15, 16 months, and we've never we've never um asked asked for money so. Yeah, that's why we're moving to that. Yep. But let's uh, move on to this Q&A, which doesn't really have a title yet. Yeah, we it? kind of um, just schemed this in the last few minutes and on the uh, the drive home from training this morning. Well, this <laughs> is how podcasting works sometimes. Like Brett and I started our podcast mainly because we were having these deep conversations about, you know, a whole lot of stuff with a lot of laughs and mucking around as Brett and I do. And then we thought, geez, I think other people want to hear this. And that's why we brought you on um, to host because you're, you know, you're so much more knowledgeable than myself in, in running and, and um, you know, incredibly educated as a physiotherapist and stuff. And we have these, you know, now we've been driving because we're Northside buddies yeah. and we're driving to um, uh, Waverley training together and, you know, we're always talking about different things and it's like, shit, it would be a lot easier if you just had a microphone attached to the front of your dashboard, but now we have to come back from training and record something, hey? No, it's, uh, it's all right. And, to be honest, like I, I'm pretty. Pr- well, I'm sure we'll get into this, but I'm quite proud of myself because um, there's plenty of times where, and and this this is relevant to I think what we're talking about. But there's plenty of times where I, I go to things straight after training, whether it's work or or, or meetings or, or things like that, and I don't really plan ahead with with nutrition and things like that. And today I I had my my sustain after the session. Um, Joel bought me a coconut water on the way home uh, and I've just finished a bagel and uh, we may get through a banana during this recording as well. (laughs) Hopefully for the listener's sake, Duff will be editing out you chewing the banana into the microphone. Um, No, you're definitely right. It is a new Dave and also you forgot another key point, me taking the piss out of you before we even started because you were the only athlete there that was sucking down a gel pre-session. And you said, oh, I've got to get the calories in. And then as I was, because I was taking the piss out of you, I said, mate, that gel's bigger than you are. And we're having a laugh. And then I'm like, no, Dave's actually doing the right thing here. I'm not going to take the piss out of him. And, you know, you tra- you've been training really, really well. Um, how did you, you know, so last time we spoke, you were on, on the, um, the Q&A, we split it up into two parts because he wouldn't shut up. Um, <laughs> but how you then were running three times a week. Um, you'd only just started your Tuesday workouts. You're only doing, I think, 5K main sort of set then um, and you weren't running too fast. You did another easy run on a Friday and your long run was 75 minutes on a Sunday. So you're only doing the three runs and you spoke a lot about your um, priority prioritizing strength training uh, and also cross-training. Where are you now? What are we, five weeks on, six weeks on? Yeah, and to be honest, like 
when I, when I say this, it actually probably doesn't sound like um, things have progressed much and, and it's certainly by design. I just last week went progressed from three runs to four. So um, that's like, oh, that's, yeah, over a month, a month later. Um, so now, now my training, my run training each week is a Tuesday track session, a, a Thursday easy recovery run, which last week was um, 10K, I yep. think. And then um, Friday I'm now doing a, uh, a threshold, uh, a 20-minute threshold. And then my Sunday long runs up to uh, about now 45. And, um, uh, and then I think for a to- the total last week, my, my volume was um, 65, 67, something like that. Um, so, yeah, the, the things that have changed since, since we last spoke, I think the last time we spoke I had gone from three gym sessions to two. Um, and that was by design as, as more running started to come in. Um, and I've added a, added a run day, um, which essentially the run day I've added now is a, is a threshold day. So, um, big yeah. jump that when you, yeah. jump, when you add in that <clears throat> second hard session, yeah, it and is it's, quite a big jump. It, it is a big jump. Um, but it's also kind of not. So I think, um, the, and again, we've talked about this, but the, the thing that I'm doing differently this this time round, apart from not not uh, making this plan myself, so I've, I've got other people making the calls on this. Um, I think the the real probably the most important thing, particularly given my um, you know specific injury with a lot of repeat bone stress injuries, was was just no consecutive run days. Yeah. So. Um, you know, from from first doing an alter G run in the first week of January um, to now, which is we're now into April, I'm still only running four days a week, and and there's never been a time in my running career coming back from an injury where uh, by this point I, I wouldn't have been running every day. Mm. So um, that's probably been one of the big learnings, particularly. Um, Knowing how bone responds to to mechanical load and 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 just knowing the the hist- the injury history that I had, um, the biggest thing that I needed to do was just give enough time in between, um, you know, uh, you know, the high impact loading essentially, um, and that's why. So that's why. I'd, you know, I haven't been, haven't just progressed straight up to, to seven days of running. And, um, but what I have done is that for those three days or those four days, you know, I was, I was doing an hour 45 long run. Mm. Um, this is why which, I was getting to this. Yeah. Which, which, which was, you know, probably, I told you it was stupid. yeah, which is, well, it, you know, without the context, I can see why you would think that, um, for the listeners that, that don't, um, you don't understand what we're saying. Dave was doing, a Tuesday workout, yeah. a Friday easy run, what, 10K? Yep. And then an hour 45 on a Sunday. Mm. And I'm not saying you're wrong because, you know, mm. as I said, you know more about this than me. You're, mm. You've studied physiotherapy, you mm. know, far more about injuries and, and the, the body than me. Um, but it is that common thing of what's the rule where you don't do however many percent of your, your weekly mileage in your long run? But, you know, it could be an old, one of those old rules. You obviously know more. Um, but I do also find it interesting in this change of approach for you because how old are you? 36. Yeah. Sorry if you didn't like me asking that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're 36. You you know very well that you don't have that many more chances at doing this, right? So it's like it's sort of this interesting approach where you got injured this last time and it's just like, okay, I'm flipping everything I know on its head and trying something completely different because I can't, you know, you can't be getting another stressy, another stressy. What, till you're 40, you just keep getting stressies? It's not going to work out. Um, so that's why in the grand scheme of things, wherever how many more years you have left of competitive running, um, this January to April you're talking where you, mm. uh, it's taken you four months to get to four runs a week. It's like, well, something has to change. Mm. And mm. it seems from all reports of me training with you on Tuesday today, it's working. Yeah, I think... Um 
when you talk about some of those old rules of, you know, X percentage of your weekly mileage, your long run, and, you know, don't increase week to week by more than 10%, um, so much context is lost in that. And um, I don't think e- even now um, with, I, I guess, a little bit more research into um, acute and chronic training load management, we still don't have really perfect ideal ways of measuring, you know, um, how to increase stress on the body. But the, the the most important thing that I've done is from a from managing my particular history of bone stress is giving enough time between loading bouts, so enough time in between runs um, to essentially all everything that I've done from when I had my last injury in November to this point has been trying to give everything that I do a head start. So the first thing that I did to give things a head start was I just did nothing for two weeks. So let my body recover. Um, started seeing the dietitian. Started putting into practice some of these things that I've changed from a from a nutrition perspective. Then the next thing was um, get into the gym first before I get back into the cross training stuff. So get a head start on mm, getting strong before I start adding in um, you know calorie burning uh, more calorie burning pursuits. And then now um, as I've as I've started running. I'm giving essentially my bones a head start by by giving um, you know full days off in between, and so there's our even, title by the way episode getting a head start. <laughs> getting David a head Steel. start. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, so I think the the progression, you know, the progression in my long runs, the progression in my sessions, I've been able to do that because I'm not running in between. Um, and so if I was running in between, um, would that have been wise to do? Yeah, absolutely not. But, um, you know, if I was coming back from, say, more of a, um, you know, a, a tendony sort of injury or like, you know, you know, inflamed bursa or something like that, then, you know, the, maybe the progression to consecutive run days might have been a little bit quicker and, um, you know, maybe, um, maybe not as... Uh, bigger build up to long runs, maybe not as quicker build up with sessions and things like that. But I've been able to do that because I'm having these non, all these non-run days in between. And it's only last week that I've added in that first, like my first consecutive run days, which is Thursday and Friday. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned there, you know, if, it, if you had a tendon injury or burst or something like that. Obviously, the listeners know that you you know do a lot of mentoring with me, and for the listeners, and this happens with all podcasting, I find uh, in FTKs, so we'll say something, or we'll have a guest on, and um, and they'll say something, and the listeners might be like, "Oh wow!" And like I've totally absorbed that, and it's like there's no right answer to every or like okay, there are there are certain things that are definite definite right answers that everyone should just follow, right? But there's no like if another athlete is listening to this who's injured and then wants to try and follow this, it might not work for them, right? And There's not one return to running recipe. It's, exactly. It's different, <laughs> different for different injuries. It's different for different athletes. It's different um, for different life contexts as well. Um, are you a full-time athlete? Are you, um, do you work full-time? Yeah. Um, what, what does your work look like? You know, like real subtle things. Like if someone's, if someone works a, a, a sedentary job where they're sitting a lot and they've got a high hamstring tendinopathy, like most of what you're doing, <laughs> most of what you're doing is probably actually around what their behavior at work. Um, you know, obviously you're, you're doing stuff from a running perspective and you're, you're making decisions like, you know, we're probably going to avoid uphill running, um, you know, uh, um, probably going to keep a lid on how much speed work we do. But a lot of that stuff is like, well, don't sit, sit don't on your sit, ass so much because yeah. that's going to, you're going to be pressing up on that hamstring insertion. It's just going to make it angry and, and irritated. It's so so ju- th- th- that's an example of, you know, the, the, there's, the recipe is is different yeah. for, for that side to what I have. I just wanted to say that because the listeners, you know, are, some have to be wary of, of people obviously absorb a lot of information, especially from you because you sound so smart. Um, I think from Brett and myself, people just tune out. But uh, my return to back from injury, which you have, are across because we were doing a lot of mentoring, I, my last bone stress injury was 22. 
21. And that was like the sacrum stressy where I know exactly how I got that. I was overtraining and I was running 36K long runs at 340 pace on the road, right? And it was just simple. Mm. Then when I returned back from there, I made all those sort of changes. But this is uh, this is all last year. But then I had this knee injury and this back injury. But it wasn't – they were overuse injuries, but they weren't bone related. My bones were quite strong. I had a DEXA scan. Everything was kind of quite good. I went and saw a dietitian. Everything was pretty good. Um, so then, you know, it would probably be uh, silly for me to do the same return to run this time as you. You know, I dealt with sickness and stuff at the end of last year. Um, I was going through different things. I had to just get my body moving again um, and I was able to run. I still have one day off a week, but I was able to run, um, you know, progress uh, progress quicker than you. However, it took me so long before I ran an hour 45 on a Sunday. Yeah. Whereas you got to that really fast. So this is why I think, you know, I was running pretty much every day, but I was stepping it up by a little bit. My threshold as well, and actually my Tuesdays were a lot slower than yours. You sort of got... You jumped in and you'd done, you know, you might have been running three minute 10 per K sort of stuff, um, maybe 3.15 into like 3.05. And then pretty quickly after you transitioned into the group with, um, you know, Brett and, and Stewie. Whereas it took me, I'm only starting to do that now and I've been running since, what, January. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, again, it's, um, you know, different trajectories yet you and I probably have our return to running probably started around about the same time and for all intents and purposes if we both lined up for a race we'd probably be maybe well actually no I'm being generous to myself you'd kick my ass over a 10k but I don't think so I don't think I would no I actually don't think I would maybe on the road maybe on the road I'd get you on the track 10k you'd get me at the moment yeah. Anyway, the we're listeners pretty... going. Oh, I wonder who'd win. We do it. It's like, <laughs> and Joel wins in thirty three ten. Surely you got to beat Mo Farah's time from the weekend. What did he run? Thirty forty, I think, for a ten k on the road. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think I think the fact that we we our return to running has occurred off across a similar time frame, but we're both doing quite different quite things different, at the moment. Yeah. You're running six days. I'm running. Four days. Only just have started right? Yeah. four days. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, this morning session and, and I think I'll, I'll explain kind of the rationale I think but to, over this morning session. Like we today's session was like the full session was a 2K, a 1200, a 1K, a 600 um, and then five 700s. And so um, – do you want to Joel, go, we may as well go into details of yeah, splits. Yeah, so, so, so you go – actually, you – I'll just say when I look at the board, it says it says at the so top of the – So let's go the 2K first. Yeah, so yeah. for you, 70 seconds. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. So that what is that for 2K? Well, we, yeah, we was we hit five foot. I hit five forty nine. Okay, so f- seventy seconds. Mind yeah. you, as the listeners know, this is at Waverley. It's been raining for four days straight. It's muddy. It's shit. It's slow. So five forty nine. There, I would argue is a five forty on the track. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. probably agree with that exactly. from my unfit perspective. Yeah, it was it, no, honestly, it was brutal. So this is what you you've got: you've got this, uh, two k and seventies. You've got twelve hundred and sixty sevens. A lap and a lap jog in between those two. Lap jog in between those two. Yeah. Then, after the twelve hundred sixty sevens, you have a two hundred jog. Correct. Into a one k at sixty fives. Yeah. yeah. Of now, which I of which I do eight hundred meters. Yeah. This is where I, it gets confusing. The listeners, I, yeah. <laughs> the listeners have got all the calculations above their head like Einstein. So so let's let's just compare compare the pair. So my two K, I went with Jack, Brett and Stewie. Yep. Uh, and you went with, with the second group, the yep. big, the, there's the big, that big second group that I occasionally Collis will get me to. It's who I was training with, yep. you know, like all of a month ago, um, yep. but I've now moved up. Yep. But Collis said, I want you to start out with them. And I look at that and I see 2K at 75s. That used to sort of annoy me. If that was a previous year, I'd be like, well, that's slower than my threshold because I was mm-hmm. 307s for mm-hmm. 30 minutes on Friday. Mm-hmm. This is only 2K. And then I thought, well, actually, there's a reason for it. It's And Collis is trying to hold me back so that then when I move to you guys, I can do the whole thing. And it was when you found out that I was doing that, I saw the I saw the color draw, <laughs> draw out of your face because you were like, shit, we're very similar in fitness at the moment. And you're thinking, should I be only doing that? Because five seconds a lap is huge. Even, you know, the listeners, if they've got a, if their coach has told them to go do, um, you know, 
80 second laps, just do a couple at 75 and see how that feels, right? <laughs> and I think uh, I, um, because I'm, you know, I, I, there's probably different reasons for for why this is, but um, I, because I'm not running every day, it's almost like I can afford to be a little bit kamikaze. Yes. Um, whereas, whereas you're not, so you got to be a little bit more sensible. I think the the other point to make is that um, there's always a balancing act when when we go to training. In that, there's you've got two questions like what is the ideal session for you and what is the purpose of this session for you and therefore what do the splits look like? So that's kind of side A. But then side B is you're part of a group and there is always a benefit to running with a group uh, even if maybe the the session for the group doesn't fit your ideal session for that day and then it becomes you're weighing up um, how do I, what's what's the best in terms of getting the most out of myself and in terms of the sp- a specific session tailored for me, mm. but then also getting the benefit of having company being dragged around. Exactly. And, and, and so that's kind of where that's where your and my sessions kind of landed is that, um, you know, as, as for, look, I don't think if I'd gone in the slower group or you'd gone in the faster group, you know, the big scheme of things, it probably wouldn't have made a huge difference. Oh, well, I tell you, it would have for me. Yeah. If I did... 2K at 70s there. I know how I was feeling in that session and I was in control, but it was bloody hard. Um, I know that I wouldn't have been able to finish to how I did because I, I did have a really good session. Um, and well, so you, you and I then met in the, the 12, no, sorry, the, the 1K, so the third yep. rep of the session. Did, but you did 1,200. No, I did a K and... Oh, we both did a K. Did no, we both? sorry, sorry. No. That was a 1K rep. That's what everyone else did and yeah. I did 800. You did 800. That was, yeah. When you say everyone else, it was you and Jack were only doing a K. It was only Stewie and Brett. Stewie and Brett did the, the K, K and Jack and, and you I did, did 800. 800. Now, I only did 700 and it was yeah. quite interesting because Collar said to me, just do 700. Yeah. And then he came, he must have been thinking about it. He came back to me and said, actually, no, do 800. I said, okay, cool. And then he came back to me again and went, no, do 700. So it was almost <laughs> like even the coaches having that thought of, I think Joel can do it, but... With my injury history, why don't you take the easy option every time? Because if you get to the end, that's good. If you do this 800 and that extra 100 there under pressure, because this is how running works. Like once you blow, you blow. It's very difficult to get back to, unless you have like two laps out to really get the heart rate down. But once you pass over that red line, you do blow up. And that is the biggest thing that I have changed in my training this year and this is what I noticed you had done today (laughs) is that you should be in control of your session and how hard you're pushing. Don't Mm -hmm. let someone else make you go into the red zone. So if you, for example, today in that one of those sessions, like I saw you backing, not backing off, but you were getting dropped and I went round you in one of the reps to hang on to Jack, the back of Jack and Brett and Stewie and I went round you and you got dropped. If that had happened to me or arguably I think you as well in previous years, you're getting dropped and you're blowing up. And then I look behind at the end and Dave's fucking scr- you know, scrambling and I'm thinking, shit, we just bl- uh, dropped him so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. We did drop you so quickly, but you only finished a second behind. So it was that thing where you have felt that, okay, I'm getting near that red line and I know that if I go over it, my session's going to be over. Why don't I just take the foot off the accelerator that little bit and finish a second behind them and get through the whole session. And that is, again, what I'm doing in trying to do in my training because once you do go over that red line, it's all over. Yeah, 100%. And, and so that's what happened. Like I did that I did that 800 in 67s. Everyone else was doing 65 laps. You did, I think you, you stayed with them um, yeah. and you did, did you do the 800 as well or did you do 700? Of the... Of the 1K. Of the one cardist did seven hundred. Yeah, That's the and then and so and then Jack Jack did eight hundred. So you you and Jack were basically with Stewie and Brett to seven hundred. Then you peeled off. Then Jack peeled off, and then I was a couple of seconds behind him yeah. at the eight hundred mark. And but yeah. when I peeled off, I thought because I remember going round you. You said something. You go, I'll go round me, and I said, No, 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 I'll be fine. And then I did have to go round you. Um, and then 
I was just imagining that you were like going to be so much further behind, but I pulled off and then you came right there and I was like, oh, go Dave. Mm. Like you were really fighting. You weren't, it wasn't a, oh, I'm, I'm blowing up sort of thing. Yeah, that was that was actually a really pleasing part of this today's session is that I, that I didn't blow up at all today. I just um, was out of my depth on a couple of reps and I just backed it off a little bit. And actually, actually managed to keep it together, which is, yeah, that hundred uh, percent in the past. That's that's not happened. What um, have we ever done that? You know, yeah, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, you you just hang on until you can't, until and then you it's, can't. Yeah. and then you just and then you just die. So, and I used to think that is what it took for me to get to the next step. I used to think that that's what it took. I would have to just hang on until I can't. And you know what? I realized for some people that does work. But for, for me and you who are that injury prone, it doesn't work. We just get hurt again and again and again and something's yeah. got to change. And I think the other thing is that uh, there's probably there's probably two points to make here is that – and this is in defense of coaches. For sure. Because we're sure. coaches as well. But um, when you're trying to manage, you know, 30 people um, around a track and they were all kind of, you know, we're coming back from injury like you and I, um, you know uh, – Jack's not far back from an injury. Sinead's not far back from injury. Like it's understandable that, um, you know, the the sessions don't necessarily perfectly align and, you know, I'm starting off a bit quicker, you're starting off a bit slower. It's just the, Completely. the it's just the reality of it. But and I don't think you or I have ever blamed, you know, whether oh, it be no. Nick or Collis for an injury and I think anyone who does blame their coach for an injury is a dickhead, yeah. you know, unless no, they've got I a think... real stupid coach but we have really, really good <laughs> coaches 100% and I think um, I think the really important thing to take from any of these sessions and I think this is a good point for listeners is that if you get your heart rate up and if you get your breathing up and you feel a bit tired at the end of the session it's me you, on have, podcast, you have gotten something out of the session yeah. um, I, I think a lot of the time we overanalyze splits and that's what we're doing here at the moment and you know why did we do this and why did we do that um, Brett and I never go this deep in the <laughs> but this is but, interesting but it but but I think that it, it's it's a good point to make because I think we're all guilty of getting too caught up in in splits and and then you know when we can't hold a split then w- that can be overwhelming and that can be the reason we blow up because we get overwhelmed, mm. not necessarily that we can't keep it together. Um, I've just gotten a lot better at not getting overwhelmed in those situations and just like just being really, really present in the moment. Like I And, and admittedly, 100%, at the end of the session, I still there are still these flickers of moments where I'm like, Geez, I'm so far off where I want to be. Can I tell like... the listeners the flicker of moment that I mean? <laughs> so, do you know what I'm about to say? No. Nah. So you, you, uh, like we finished these um, 700, 500. We we're splitting seven five, seven five, and we, me, you, and Jack, like all, I think, trained really well for where we're at. And we're walking back from the grass. We're all cooked, you know. Finishing, we're walking back, and you say, so the seventy, the the seven hundred, the quick, the quick five hundred that we did was sixty fives. Okay, and it was like on a slow grass track, and you said to me, "This is old Dave coming out." You said, oh, "Okay, so that was just five hundred. Well, I used to do twelve and a half laps in a row, no stopping, quicker than that." And I know you're talking about your five k PB, what you did when you ran that thirteen thirteen, was it? Yeah, twelve. It, sorry about that. <laughs> thirteen twelve, and um, I just said, "What I, I think I just said, shut the fuck up." Because yeah. I know I'm just like that, right? And I, I want to say it's it's that like the voice and we all have it and yeah. you just need to shut it up. Yeah. And it's yeah. exactly what you – and you're so self-aware that you acknowledge that it was just a flick oh, yeah. of, of yeah. a lapse yeah, and yeah. you sort of let it come out and then you yeah. go, okay, no. Yeah, I think, I think that's the other thing just to maybe reassure listeners is that, you know, whether or not you think I have my shit together, which I can, oh. I can tell you I don't, I can tell <laughs> he you he does I don't. not. <laughs> <laughs> but but if I ever give the the sense that I I do, like those thoughts never disappear. You just you just get better at um, moving past them. You yeah. get you get a lot quicker at moving past them, um, and um, you know I, I can I can get to the end of the session like that and go. 
Yeah, that was tough. And I can remember sessions, you know, where I went further and, and faster and felt way more in control. Um, but I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, I'm pretty happy with what I'm able to do off four runs a week. Um, and there's there's a lot of room for, for growth from this point as long. And you're not that as far I, off. Yeah, as like, long as I stick to the plan yeah. and, and, and am patient. And, and, and that's probably the thing that I've – been more this time than ever before is patient mm. I've, I've you know the, the putting putting like all my trust in everyone else to make decisions for me um and and getting you know four months into the year and still only be running four days a week like it's um it's good it's it's you know from week to week i see progress um you know, and and we bang on about it all the time. Is is it's just the consistency? Consistency is probably the, you know, the biggest biggest contributor to success in the long term. Is just you know how well can you um, you back up day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And um, I had this uh, interesting conversation yesterday with um, my physio, who who's looking looking after another athlete and. Um, and he, he was expressing just a little bit of kind of like this kind of worry anxiety around, um, you know, you know, where, where that athlete is at the moment and where they want to be. Like, this is a pretty high level athlete that's, you know, wanting to be in the mix for Olympic selection and, and, and making world teams and, 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 and things like that. And, um, he said to me, I, I can't help but feel desperate at the moment. Um, and I, I like that, <laughs> that was almost triggering. Like, I think that's just my, me to a T in, in so many comebacks is, um, desperation. Is, is desperation. And, and I think desperation shows up at different times. Um, and there's only, there's only a very few times where it's, where it actually really pays off. And, you know, 12 months out from a an outcome goal that you have is not a time to be desperate. <laughs> and, it very rarely pays off, right? Yeah, because I think when you're desperate, you're, you're, it's this preoccupation with your goal mm. and, and, and the, the end point and, and where you are now and, and where that end point is and how far away you are from it. It and takes away all, out all the processes. Like this is it, something, it does. We, we, something we spoke about with Matt Centrowitz and, you know, as a gold medalist in, in Rio Olympics 1500 metres, we were asking him like what does, you know, are you one year out thinking I'm going to make the goal, you know, that desperation, I need a gold medal, you know, I've got silver medal before or bronze or whatever, you know, and I need this gold medal. No, he wasn't like that. He's taking it step by step. He's like, I'm not even thinking. I'm thinking. And then and then when you finally do make the team, then it's, I've got to get through the heats. Yeah. And you get through the heats. Then you think, you know, if you're lining up to that heat thinking, I've got to get a gold medal in three more races. Yeah. Bad news. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, th- I th- that's that's it to a to a T is just just stay in the moment, which is really it can be hard because ninety nine percent of the time um, that process is just so simple and it's just so repetitive and monotonous and and unexciting. And I think <laughs> you know some sometimes we just we want things to be like more exciting. We want to we want to like. Um, you know, overanalyze things For and sure. like, oh, how can I do? How can I do this better or that better? And and I think, um, do you find that as a coach, sometimes you have to just say, hey, yeah, just run. Uh, I get my athletes to, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot of my athletes do listen to the podcast, and they're always thinking, oh, Joel's talking to me here, but I've got <laughs> thankful for, for this. They've, uh, there's a bunch of them that, uh, that I'm talking to right now, but they will come to me with these really strict race plans mm. with specifics onto their watch, and I'm like. Running is not like that. You, you, once you learn that, you, you're just going to perform better. You can't be running in a race looking at your watch. If you want to do that, go to a time trial at a park. It's like sometimes you just need to let go, do the simple stuff of, and, and just race, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the, that's the risk is that when you're desperate at a time where it doesn't help to be desperate, you every time something doesn't appear to fit the the yeah. the narrow sort of the narrow trajectory that you have yeah. for like 
um, if I'm gonna, if I'm at point A and I need to get to point B, I need to stay in between these two lines. Yeah. And if I'm getting too close to the line, I need to change something. Mm. And, and it's not how it and, works. And, and if you and I think that's the that's the risk of when you're desperate is that every time and every minute thing that just doesn't seem to be perfect, we try and change it. We try change core. We, you can change course too quickly. How often do I do that? Yeah, like it, it's <laughs> change what physio. you like, and yeah, and that's and that's what you did. Oh, and, I mean, and did change physio. Ooh. Yeah, you, you shopped around for the advice that suited you. <laughs> 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 but you shopped around until you got like the advice that fit with like what you wanted to want to hear. I, I, we can joke about it now, but 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 it's. I, was, I think that's who was that? That was old Joel. <laughs> that was old Joel. <laughs> Probably don't remember him anymore. But, <laughs> but I think yeah, when when you're desperate, you can overcompensate every single time something's not going perfectly. And I think, or I don't think, you, I know that you have to expect when you're, when you're on, a, on a trajectory towards some outcome goal, um, you've, you have to expect that all those daily processes, um, they're not going to be perfect. Um, you're going to have days that feel rough. There are going to be days where things aren't clicking um, and you don't have to you don't have to change course every time that happens. Mm. You, you you might be like, it can really be as simple as listen to your body and go, um, oh, I just didn't feel as fresh today. Okay, well you got to recover a little bit better. Take yeah. it, have a, try it, f- f- prioritize sleep tonight. You don't have to like, um, you know, change your supplements or <laughs> yeah. ch- change your so change true. your diet or, or or all of these things. Like it can just be like. Just real subtle. Often the simple things. It's the simple things like you're not feeling it, you know, focus on your recovery a bit more. Yeah. Um, or, sleep a bit more. Or what I find is people, you know, people want to make some, – sometimes you actually yeah. don't need to change. Yeah. So yep. you can – something might not go yeah. well and yeah. you don't need to change. Exactly. What you need to do is see – repeat the same process in the same conditions yep. and if you are continuing to have – the um, you know the outcome that yeah. is not what you want, where yeah. it could be you're rocking up to every single Tuesday session and you're doing everything that you think mm. is right, and after six times you're still performing bad. Mm. Then something needs to change. Yeah. But if you're doing everything right for five weeks and on the sixth week something goes wrong, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, move on. There's probably another 100%. reason, but you don't need to go. Yeah. Oh shit! I had uh, I only had a bowl of pasta last night. Okay, yeah. that must have been it. I need two bowls of pasta. Yeah, yeah. And this is where this is where like I you know you and I talked about this when we were mentoring like we set you know outcome goals but also process goals so the mm. yeah, yeah the things that you're doing day to day versus the the point that you want to get to and and i think you and it is to, important to have that point absolutely you do need to think oh, about you need it. it yeah, yeah. But you don't want to be waking up every day going from point a to the end point yeah, like if I'm going out for a jog tomorrow, I don't want to yeah. think I want to uh, run under two ten for a marathon one day. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're in, yeah. you're doing a fucking yeah. hour easy jog. Yeah. yeah, I need to recover today. Yeah. that's what that's what you you know most of the time you probably should be thinking. So, I think that that requires you know it does require trusting. Oh, I hate saying this, trust the process, <laughs> but it does it, it does require a, a level of um, confidence in what you're doing. Uh, in the people around you, uh, and 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 what that process looks like, and and when it's, you know, as I said, if if we're not, if it's not always within the lines, and if it's not always looking perfect, that's okay. Like um, also just having, you know, for instance, two weeks ago um, at Waverley, and we did four hundreds, and I was really struggling that day. Um, and that's just, yeah, I did, but that's, and that's just like, yeah, I, I accept that I'll have good days and bad days, but it's still a day and it's still ticked off and, and, um, it's all still progress. So I think, yeah, it's, that's, that's where kind of, yeah, desperation is, yeah, often it's, often it's mistimed and misplaced. Um, I was going to ask you a question if you think that, uh, there's any, uh, any good, Good time to have desperation. Yeah. Um, but then you brought back to bringing, uh, you know, talking about trusting the process and patience. And just before you moved on to this desperation um, sort of topic, you finished off talking about training and trust, as we said, trusting the process and um, in the comeback and being patient. One thing, again, comparing and contrasting you and I, which is quite interesting, in that group today, of it's who is it? It's me, you, 
um, Stewie, Brett, Jack. All of you have run under 1320 for 5K, okay? So when you are doing these sort of sessions and you're running with them and all this, okay, you're talking about trusting the process and patience and this and that. This is something that Grego spoke about when we first had, uh, when I had him on the Q&A and we were talking about his comeback from injury. And I said, what was it? You know, he was injured for five years. And I said, what was it about you getting back to that one spot? And he goes, because I've been there before. Now, the interesting thing with me when you can talk about trusting the process and stuff, like now that I'm starting to run well, I'm sitting on Jack and sitting on Brett, whatever it is in those kind of sessions. And I have been here before and got injured. Um, I have not run under 1320. I'm yet to run a 1318 or something like that that really puts me in with you guys. So it is sort of interesting that like difference of I can't have that. I, I can trust the process and believe, but I haven't been there before. And it is interesting. I would like your opinion on that. Yeah, well, and and once upon a time, Stewie hadn't been there either. And Stewie was – I always use Stewie as an example because, um, you know, he and I have been with MTC probably about the same amount of time. And, you know, from 2014 to 2017, um, you know, he was always with us in that front group but um, never really – uh, there, there weren't really results, race results that um, that matched what what he was showing in training, um, and until he did, and then it, it just you know after years and years of consistency and and knocking off these sessions and um, and put, putting in the work, it did click, um, and I think yes, if you've been there before, that helps a great deal, uh, but if you're around people enough and you're consistently around them and you're, um, you know, ab- absorbing, you know, kind of their wisdom and, and, and watching what they do and how they do it and how they behave, um, there's every reason to trust, trust that you, you'll get there as well. Um, you know, it, 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 everyone starts off at one point not being where they want to be and then they get there and, you know, you it's absolutely the game changes a little bit once you've been there and then you want to try and get back there. Um, but it's still a similar it's a similar goal, but rather than looking to where you have been and trusting that, you're looking to who you're around and trusting mm. them. It's really, really well said. Mm. Um, yeah, I do I do definitely think it's it's mainly with that faster stuff, right? Because yep. it's like I know that I've I can run quick halves and on the road and I know where I should be doing that. But that's more in, you know, threshold training and some of the longer reps. But it's like yep. doing those faster stuff. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, I've done this. I was, I was thinking about it in the car on the way home and it's like far out. What does you know, I've only run I've run thirteen thirty eight, right? And I, I did that in Adelaide. Um and it's like what does running a thirteen twenty feel like? But then again, as I had that thought in my head while you were speaking about something else and I thought like, geez, you've run like thirteen twelve, you know. But I've also seen you run fourteen ten and look like you're you know, you're you're killing yourself. So it is interesting how track it's track running works. It seems like, you know, once you as you said like with Stewie, it's like he was training really well and he's putting these times after times after time and then eventually it clicks and it's like, okay, there he is. Yeah, and I think that's... Too bad I'm 29, it's all, I'm well past it. I still believe in you, Joel. But, <laughs> but I think also if you, um, you know, and you can't obviously do this, but imagine the last um, five, six years of training with MTC and imagine... Imagine you hadn't had all those injuries and imagine you'd just been, you'd had six years in a row of, you know, 48 weeks a year of knocking yeah. off 100K a week. Um, I wouldn't you, be, you, oh, you might be in a different different position. And, yeah, I'd and, be sitting in Monaco recording this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but of course, like that's, that's, not, that's not what's happened. You've, you've gone through these injuries and you've made, you've made errors in, in, you know, how you manage your loads and, 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 and things like that. So you couldn't hope to have a chance of getting to that point if you hadn't figured out those lessons. And um, I mean, I had, I had a few, I feel like we've talked a bit about what my, my sort of comebacks look like and I guess where my mindset is, you know, with where I'm at now. And actually probably the last point to make is that um, I think it's really, I find it really important now and I try and impress this on my athletes is that if you've got this outcome goal and, you know, whatever it is, yes, you that's where you want to get to, but 
in this moment where you are now, you're training for the level that you're at now, mm. not the level that you want to be at, you know, um, in in 12 months' time or six months' time or whatever that may be. Now, you, you may be training at that level. You you, it, you may be capable of doing that, but sometimes, you're, you know, especially in my case at the moment, I'm not a 13, 12 runner at the moment. Be lucky to be a 14, 30 runner. Um, and that doesn't mean that I, you know, I'm... I'm doing a whole lot slower in these sessions and but it just means that I'm um I you know how I appraise the session is a little bit different now if I if I'd had today's session and felt like I did and I did think I was a 13 12 runner then Mm. (laughs) I'd be I'd be pretty be like geez what am I doing wrong here yeah Um, you'd be crying on the drive home yeah 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 um so I think that's that was probably the last point I had to make I guess in terms of um how I'm sort of approaching this comeback is is train train to the yeah train to train the to where you are right now and then and just you know stay you know stay present in each each moment like each <laughs> each each rep that I do today was was hard enough like it was no no point in me thinking about um you know how much harder it's going to get it's just trying to just hold on and then and making yeah. a judgment call like I did, you know, in the 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 one k, and then and then also during the seven hundreds of just just backing it off a little bit, and it was and interesting. Even meant that I I kept it together. I was like a couple of seconds slower, but yeah. Even in the start, going out um, in those slower fi- slower seven hundreds, which we did because we were swapping in the end, there and we we're doing seven hundred, five hundred. But Brett and Stewie were doing just seven hundreds. But Jack would lead out in those the, the slower ones where we all were doing seven hundred mm. together, and he would. We we're supposed to run sixty eight, and he takes us out at like sixty three pace the first hundred, and then by the time we come through a four hundred, sixty five. It's closer to the fast one than the slow one, and you just were like, "No, I'm not doing that." You, yeah. you were able to do it, whereas I sort of catch myself going, oh, well, there they are, I'll better catch up. And then I'm like, oh, slow down. But yeah. That's just wisdom, right? Yeah, I think so. Wisdom and experience and, and lack of fitness. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, Joel, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I, have a cho- I couldn't go out with them. Yeah, well, I didn't, yeah. So, um, but also in defense of Jack, because I know exactly how it is, he's, he's not long back from a, a, a bit of a, an injury Layoff and it, it's always harder to nail splits when yeah. when you haven't when you haven't been doing them every week. I'm, I'm, he also has been at, he hasn't wasn't out for that long where he lost a bunch of fitness. Like yeah, you know, exactly. He's like sort of out for that time where it takes him a little bit and a couple of yeah. sessions. Like I think he, what do you have off totally? Maybe three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Good. Uh, I um, we've kind of talked a little bit about you know the specifics of what you well and you talk about it every week in terms of your training. So we know you you've been knocking off some hundred K weeks. We've got some pretty solid Sunday long runs. Um, we've talked about today's today's session. Um, actually that makes me think, what are you gonna do next uh, next week on the um, yours and Brett's episode? Because you've already talked about Tuesday's session. Today? Yeah. That's good. That's cool. Uh, we might just cancel that podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, uh, I no, wanted you know, to. You know, people only listen to Brett's session anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that just clicked, didn't it? <laughs> um, I had, I had kind of, you know, typically Dave deep questions here. Yeah. But um, hit me with them because Brett, Brett would never ask. <clears throat> the first question is what? What do you see? as maybe a, the biggest overarching contributing factor to you being so injury and illness prone? Uh, I think if I can split it up into injury and illness, injury ever since I was young, like I've been running since I was five years old and like, you know, and I have always uh, – <laughs> My parents have said that I am like such a competitor. I used to want to race people when I was like five years old. I was an annoying little shit and I'd be like, dad, race me here, race me. You know, it's just that love of competition, crazy, crazy level of of competitiveness. And when I was doing triathlon, I would have the same. I would would be, you know, doing swims. I wasn't even that good at swimming and I'd be always getting beat, but I'm trying my hardest and you, you are pushing as hard as possible on the bike. I'm like up in the mountains, like whacking hills as hard as you can. You know, you're almost like grinding your teeth down. You're in pain for so long. 
when I I wasn't injury prone as a triathlete. Never was injured. I used to make jokes that I was like, I can't get injured. And I was running and I was like, but I was only ever running 80K a week as a triathlete. But I would never get injured. All the people around me would get injured. And I was like, I used to make jokes that I, I would say, oh, I'm just biomechan- biomechanically sound. And we, I'd be working in the Institute of Sport with these sports scientists and I'd just be a little smart ass. And they'd be like trying to do something. I'd go, hey, what are you talking about? I'm biomechanically sound. And and then I went to fucking running and it was just like everything I had known just flipped on its head and it's like, whoop, boom, first stress fracture after my very first Falls Creek training camp. I went from running 80Ks a week to a tri- as a triathlete to 130. I would say it pretty much took me four, for five years, it was four or five years to get to this point now when I you know, spoke to the psych and worked with you and realized all this stuff and it was this awakening that I was pushing too hard when I didn't need to. And that was the biggest cause of injury. As a result of that, that then goes into sickness. You're always on the knife's edge and then you're, as a result, you're more susceptible, susceptible to illness. Um, and the only other thing I would probably note to being more my susceptibility to illness would be high stress. I'm a high stress person. I'm not relaxy like Jack Rayner wants me to be. Um, and as a result of that, you, you, your cortisol levels are raised and yeah, you just, you're under more stress and, and illness can, can sort of just, yeah, you just get sick more often. Yeah. It's like you, yeah. As, well, as a triathlete, you had cross training built in. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was exactly. your bike and your swim. Exactly so, right. So you could, you could do that huge volume, but you yeah. didn't have the huge volume of high impact loads, which, which running brought. And then, yeah, it's such a good point about, um, I think that's a that's a risk for a lot of a lot of runners is that competitive that competitive mindset where which can you know you, you it, great on race day but um, sometimes hard to switch off on on like you know sessions and recovery days where where the goal isn't necessarily to be hammering it's to keep things under control and that's why I'd always race so well mm. when I first even with MTs you know like I think. You know, uh, one of my first track races ever was like Sydney Track Classic 3K and Nick sent me up there like not no, – no, I think I was racing Batty, I was racing, racing James Nipperess and stuff and these guys and I won and I won quite quite easily and it was like Nick was like, holy shit, like where'd that come from? I didn't know you could even do a 3K, you know, and still, you know, I'm not – it's not the level of like guys like Stewie and stuff. It wasn't like but, – but it's still I've always been a racer. I've, I've pretty much always – and look, in saying that, I'm also up and down. I have some shocking races, but when I'm on, I'm on, and I, I'm that, that very com- yeah, competitive. But you know, you can't put that into K's at the tan. You know, I've and I've done sessions with you. This is back years ago, like you know, three years ago when we'd be doing sessions at the tan. And I remember I'm in the middle of the K rep, okay, and I'm like running with you, and I see Stewie up ahead, and I'm just like, okay, ten out of ten, go max now to get rid. of I'm dropping you because I want to fucking drop you, and I'm going to run up to Stewie, and I do it, and I do it for three weeks, and then I got a stressy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember that, and uh, I've I mean I've done the same thing as well, and yeah. I think it's something we all we all probably battle, and um, but not yeah, kind of cool to hear that, and I guess well I guess knowing that, and I, that's not something it's obviously it's not something you've just suddenly realised, like something you've been working through for even longer than probably your recent injuries, but um, I guess in the particularly in say. Since June, July last year, um, what's what do you think's kind of the biggest overarching change you've made to be more resilient and, and more consistent? Caring less. I know that sounds. I know it sounds a bit ridiculous to say, but I care, this is a perfect segue from your chat on desperation. I was too desperate. And I just wanted nothing more than to, to make the Olympics. And it was just like, you know, these outcome goals and it was just desperation and it would get me injured. And I sort of thought, well, I spent four years, you know, and I have mentioned this on the main podcast with, with Brett. And yes, I spent four years doing that. It's not working. I'm getting injured. You've got to change something, right? Okay, what am I changing? If I care less, it means I'm still going to care, right? There's some athletes out there that don't, they're just, they just don't really want it as much, um, and I think I th- I think it just brings me back to like a level of and maybe care isn't the right word, but 
but it, it's putting care in at different points maybe, you know, rather than that desperation of, of oh, you know, in this session, this is going to make me uh, win, you know, if I fucking keep up with Brett and Jack in three sessions, then I'm going to run 27.50 at this at Zatapec and, and, and try and, you know, run really good. No, it's not how it works. Spend two years, you know, I have not, the longest I have spent without injury was during COVID and it was because I was doing a lot of training by myself and I think as a result of that, you can only ever push yourself as hard as you can and there's not other people to try and hang on to. Um, but then towards the end of COVID, races were starting to come up and I was getting so ridiculously competitive. That's when you know the listeners have heard me talk about this, where me and Smack would go do long runs and we would be doing like six or seven K at the end at like 320s. Why the fuck are we doing that, right? It's ridiculous. It doesn't do anything. All it does mm. is get you injured. So I would say in this in this like return, I am, yeah, that like rushing back and that desperation didn't work. So take that away and then let's see if this works. If it doesn't, I wasn't meant to be a runner. It's what I said to my psych. He's, he asked me the same sort of question and I said, I'm doing what I can now at like 100Ks a week and eventually I'm, you know, the, I think this next block I'm going to be up to around 110, around 115 um, and then I'll, you know, hopefully step it up to that and I, I said to him, I go, if I get a stressy at 100Ks a week, I'm not meant, I'm not cut out for this. It's not meant to be and I just have to accept that but before accepting that, why don't you try everything and the whole new approach of trying is, as I said, caring less. Now, that doesn't mean waking up in the morning and, and going, I can't be fucked running today, I'm going to skip it but it means on my two-hour run that I did on Sunday, I look down at my watch and I see four 18s and I think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to – I think I – no, I look, yeah, I saw four 20s or something. I went down. I went, okay, cool. You're running four 20s. Just keep, keep doing that. Maybe maybe the next K is going to be 430. Who cares? You know, I might see a friend come up and I might drop to 440 or something. It just doesn't matter. Whereas I used to look at my watch and say, okay, 420s, well, I have to get the average of this two hours under four-minute Ks, so I better start running 340s now. Mm-hmm. That's such a such a good point. You you mentioned also earlier like one of the things that um, you know, made you a bit more prone was that you always like this sense of stress and cortisol being elevated and, and just not being – having the right internal environment maybe to re- to recover as well and to perform as well. Do you, now that you're, you know, quote unquote, care, caring less, do you notice a difference in how you're recovering between runs? Uh, definitely. Um, yeah, because as you said, when you're, when you're less stressed, you're recovering faster. Um, but... In saying that, we are always as athletes trying to work on like nobody's perfect. And and with me being less stressed and caring less in the running, I'm actually busier outside running than I was. In my first three years with MTC, I did nothing except train. I trained and I was chipping away at a design degree. Now I'm hosting, well, not just hosting a podcast, I'm, I'm running Grattan House with with a couple of other people, but it is a shitload of work, which, you know, the listeners don't quite realize how much work goes into this podcast. You know, because now you've started doing some hosting and you see how much work we're putting into this. That's why you better sign up to Patreon. Um, <laughs> but I'm also coaching a bunch of athletes at, at Pulse and, and and doing like a whole, a whole lot of things. And with that now, and that's where your mentoring has come in. If I didn't have that and didn't have these, didn't have these sort of... Um, this this external help uh, assisting me with like my my plan my planning and stuff throughout the week um, the stress level would be a lot higher and it's actually not to do with running so it's like I can relax in running but you know I'm not on a contract with a shoe company I have to work yeah. okay and there's things like that and so with that it just m- means you have to manage your time better and, and things like that but yeah to answer your question for sure and but I don't know if it's to do with less stress that I'm recovering faster. I think it's probably because I'm not pushing so goddamn hard in the session mm-hmm. that I'm recovering faster. Yeah. I feel better the next day when I didn't when I'm not putting myself through the absolute ringer in training. Yeah. I think that's um probably something that a lot of listeners could could resonate probably with is the the fact that, you know, outside of running you're busy as all heck at the moment and and not many people have the luxury of being you know a full-time professional no, athlete that's so. i don't want to want the listeners to think i'm i'm <clears throat> complaining put me on a shoe contract i don't deserve to be on a shoe contract and even those elite runners like yourself and stuff that are on contracts 
It's running. No, no, no <laughs> We can say that now, can't we? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's been said. Dave's a free agent. Sign him up. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, like I don't want people to, I could easily sit and say, oh, you know, oh, like Jack and Brett have it so easy that no, they don't. I know, like, I don't know what they're on, but I know it's not like footy players and stuff like that, right? So I feel like every single runner has to go through um, go, go through stuff. I think, side note, it's one of the, the worst things, and I, I've seen athletes do this, where they start to think it's that woe is me mentality. And it's like, oh, well, they're on a contract. They have it easier, easier than I do. Fucking bullshit. And also they deserve to be on a contract. I've never once sat there and gone, oh, you know, it's so hard for me because I'm not on. It's like, well, too bad. You know, I have to, it means I have to coach more. It means I have to start a podcast to try and make money some other way. This is how, how yeah. it works. Everyone's, everyone's on a different journey and everyone does it <clears throat> slightly differently. And yeah, there's, there's um, you know, and everyone thrives in different ways as well. Some, some people need to be completely single-minded to thrive. I think people like you and I um, – probably don't thrive when when everything's no, so single minded that's that's where that's where more of that competitive stuff yeah. where the caring yeah caring less is so much harder to do well, you've only got one thing to care about right yeah exactly whereas we're having that having that balance and having other things going on you know actually actually is a performance enhancer um, in in the big scheme of things so um, the last sort of thing i had to ask i guess in um, you know, going through sort of the last few months and and having sort of being able to put a lot of what you've learnt, you know, from physio, um, from your psych, you know, us chatting. Um, have the, have there been any moments or have you seen any particular signs that make you think it's going to be a bit different this time around? Like the out, like where where I get to is going to be a bit different this time. Uh yeah, it's, that is a real interesting question. It's Look, I, I would say yes, I have. I have also had that thought in previous times when I have got injured. This is something I've talked to Jack about many times because I've, I've seen him guilty of this. Um, if I look at other return to injuries, I remember the feeling of like this is my time. It's going to be I've, – I've done two years of injury. Um, this, is my, this is my third time. Okay, that's 2019 injured, 2020. I've done three years of injury. This is my time. Injured, 2021. And it goes on and goes on and goes on. You know what this time is? It's because I've changed stuff. I have changed a lot. I have changed. I'm seeing, you know, seeing a psych. I, I'm, you know, working working with, with my coach, um, Collis, you know, a lot. I'm, I'm working, you know, with you mentoring and, and all these changes that I've spoken about throughout this podcast and on the main show, I'm implementing them. So when you do have that little excited competitive voice that goes, you know, this, I think you really are going to make it. And when I say make it, you know, my, uh, my goal, I don't have a single outcome goal as like, oh, I'm going to make Paris Olympics in the marathon. Yeah. My, for me, making it is making my, uh, to, to be honest, is running fast marathons regularly. Yep. That's my pretty much. That's my my um, that's my goal. Uh, being like a competitive marathon runner because I think that's my greatest reaching chance. reaching your potential. Reaching, reaching, reaching getting, my potential. Getting to whatever your level of like peak performance looks exactly. like. exactly. And I don't believe to this day I have reached my potential. I don't think no. sixty two oh three in Maragon in twenty nineteen is. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I don't think so either. No, and most people that have you know worked with me would would say no. But yeah, I definitely have had these these and it's exciting thoughts when you have that thought like and it's like you know you might be having a really good day and you might do a good session you go you know I think this is going to be different but then also on the flip side is that voices can be toxic because then it's like that's when you start to get carried away and it's one thing I mentioned on the main podcast that we spoke about when things were starting to click and I told you and you said this is when it gets the hardest and Brett's checked in on me a few times with this because Anyone can return from injury and 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 um and and slowly increase, but when things start getting good, that's when you have the voice of this time's going to be different, Joel. You've made these changes. This is your year. That's when you just say, "Shut the fuck up, <laughs> keep <laughs> going, put, keep going," and put it into cruise control, as, as you yeah, said. That was cru- something I really took. I took. Yeah, that's. That, I think that's a really important one. Is like when things start to kind of click and things start feeling good. That's that's often I, f- I think when we make mistakes and 
get, you know, more competitive, care more, um, push more because um, we see these signs that we can but really just have to stay the course. Yeah. It, just just keep doing what you're doing. Don't get too excited. Think about how you got there. Yeah. <laughs> how you got there was doing this. Why would I change? Yeah. And I think that's like I, you know, I think both of us, This we're kind of poster walking poster boys for this, but um, <clears throat> we've both... Uh, kind of guilty of um, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different <laughs> outcome each time. Yeah. Um, and I know you've made a lot of changes and, and I know you I've made to. a lot of changes as well and I think that's kind of um, – that was probably – I think, you know, there's probably a new and old Dave as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, just having done... Old Dave and old Joel at the pub right now yeah. drinking while me and you are recording this. Yeah, <laughs> femoral neck stressy yeah. and a, and a, and a quad, quad tendinopathy or something like that. <laughs> um, but I think, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's it. Is it's, uh, I think the, the change that you and I have gone through, it's, it's, it's finally realising that, you know, we weren't going to have... We weren't going to get a different outcome doing the same thing which is injured build back up train hard exactly right injury again so exactly yeah. right well i think that brings us to the end dave I thank you so. thank you so much that was uh it was quite interesting because it started out like i was hosting and then it transitioned to you hosting and we're fighting for the hosting <laughs> role um that's probably the f- i would say that is the first time on the podcast so that's been what we're coming up for 18 months the first time I felt like I was a guest ah, on my own podcast. Because when Brett and I are talking, it's different. He's asking me questions, but it's just different. Maybe it's just the the uh, tone of your voice. Maybe I'll um, have you on as a, a proper guest to my, my Q&A. <laughs> yeah, Dave's Q&A. Um, so on that note, another, another reminder that this is the last Q&A that is going on to our main FTK show. Um, so you will have all the notes on where to sign up to Patreon. It's www.com. No, it's not. It's <laughs> www.com. Head there now. It's www.patreon.com forward slash for the kudos. So you know where to find it there. There'll be a lot of notes in the in the show description. Um, but yeah, we're just transitioning across to Patreon. Um as for the reasons we've explained yeah, earlier and, and you know, there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff. I feel like, you know, especially these Q&A sessions are where people can, the listeners can learn the most. I feel like Brett and my shows more entertainment. Obviously, you're listening to the fastest, you know, half marathon and, and marathon um, runner in Australia. So that's sort of quite educational, but the majority of it is entertainment whereas I feel like these Q&A sessions especially some of the ones you've done or when I'm speaking to an expert they're they're far more educational so you know in summary if you want to be a better runner sign up to Patreon what do you reckon Dave? Uh, I can't say anything more like why wouldn't you? Mm, Exactly right well thank you so much and Dave next time I hear you on FTK I won't be involved you'll be having someone else uh, on to talk about but Mm. I'll be listening Thanks a lot.